Hello, beautiful souls. Namaste. Namo Himalaya. Thank you all for joining me. Um, if you're new to this podcast, I thank you for taking the time out of your, your busy day to spend some moments with me. And of course, if you are a revisiting uh, uh, if you're revisiting this podcast more than once, I, I definitely give you my utmost gratitude. I am so grateful uh, to even reach just one soul from this podcast in the effort to plant the seed of conscious awareness and conscious expansion into the self in whatever way that I can offer that. Um, today, I'm going to be doing something a little different. I'm going to read from a book, and this book is called The Hands of Light. And this is by Barbara Ann Brennan. And this is one of the first uh, books that I ended up downloading to my Kindle whenever I was looking into energy healing and uh, getting into this conscious expansion of, you know, different modalities of healing that I knew. I just had this feeling. I just knew within my knowing (laughs) that it was available. Um, And this was one of my uh, one of my favorites, and I love the way that she presents this book. And that's why I'm actually going to start with chapter two, which is how to use this book, which I think is is just as vital to the information within the book itself. Because when we're talking about going into energy healing, what does that mean? How is it applied? What is this method comparatively speaking to other methods? Well, we know that we're energy. And like energy is not only magnetized to like energy, but like energy imitates like energy. Life imitates life. So when we seek someone out for energy healing, even if you're an energy healer yourself, I am a master Reiki healer. I still go to other Reiki healers, other Reiki masters from time to time to just get a reset. Because even though I can go in and I can do this myself and I can present myself and provide myself with a clear, pure channel whenever I want to. And especially in terms of attunement, when I'm tuning into specific frequencies that I am channeling for my highest good and the highest good of all. However, sometimes we become a bit numb to our own energetic presence, no matter how powerful that is, because we are all powerful creators. So it's good to step outside of our own awareness and to invite another one in that we know is equal to where we're at. And this is a very important. Do If you ever go to an energy healer, make sure, number one, you're the one seeking them out. This is also true in tarot readings, in anything where someone is, is working intuitively with energy, meaning, you know, they're, they're, they're literally being attuned to the highest positive polarity vibration of the frequencies that they are connecting to and channeling through them. You need to make sure you, you know who you're working with and you need to make sure that they have not just gone through the courses, the courses and having that, that certification is, is important. But if, coming from experience, you also want someone that's done the self work and not just taking the courses to have the piece of paper. You know, that's just like if you're going to a yoga instructor, you want someone that doesn't, that they have their their yoga certification, but the way that they present themselves in the class is a big, it's a big thing, right? How they carry themselves, how they carry their own energy and how they present that and influence that is 
is is of the utmost in my experience but you guys do what you want i'm just putting that out there so it's just something to think about now starting with this book i'm going to go ahead i'm going to start with chapter two and then i'm actually going to get into uh one of the chapters that i've chosen and if enough people if i see that you know even one person or two people are, are listening to this and, and enjoy it then i'm going to actually delve back into it because when we start with understanding energy and i have a lot of clients i've had a lot of clients that come to me and they want to jump straight into their their these abilities they want to say okay well you're a psychic or, or you're a psychic intuitive channel you're a psychic or, or an intuitive energy practitioner i want to be that too because they just think of it from an imaginary standpoint and not necessarily an, a, a, uh, an application standpoint these things come through the work and the healing they come through the the chaos and the lessons this comes from soul growth and it also comes through the application of this through more than one lifetime so if your soul is somewhat new to incarnations on a lower density and dimensional plane of experience and existence like earth is even though we're now going through the ascension and the soul harvesting um, your your soul might not necessarily want you to access that yet because the application of it might not turn out to be for your highest good or for the highest good of the collective. Not that you would have the intent to do anything harmful with it, but unconsciously can your unconscious mind can provide as much of a challenge as your conscious mind if you're not in alignment with the highest purpose of what it is requiring or desiring. Now, that's something that I can get into more later, but just know that even if you're desiring that, that doesn't mean that you can't obtain it because all abilities are just, they're just like little sprinkles on a cupcake. They're the, the, the icing on the cake. They come with the work. They're available to every single soul. We have these aspects and essences of our being available to everybody because if they're available to source, they're available to us. But to be able to get into that experience we have to go through the harder stuff first right um to be able to understand that how we apply it and how we use it is just as important as the obtaining of it itself it's actually more important to be honest with you um and it, this is also again coming from me using it through my own experience um you know i've definitely seen areas where you know it could have been very easy um if, if I had been in a just a slightly different mindset that it, that my presentation could have been not just misinterpreted but misapplied um, and that's not what I desire not truly not 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 at my soul and heart level that's not what I desire so when we're speaking in terms of even getting to that point we have to start with energy we have to start with understanding energy from a conscious level because everything is energy like I've talked about in my previous podcast, even our genes are little tornadoes of energy. Everything is energy. So if you can understand that and you start with that, then everything builds on top of that in terms of healing, growing, ascending, transcending, all of it. So chapter two, how to use this book. This book is written primarily for those who are interested in self-understanding and self-revelation and the new healing method that is sweeping across this country. The healing art of laying on hands. 
The work presents an in-depth study of the human aura and its relationship to the healing process, both psychological and physical. It presents a comprehensive view of a way of life towards health and growth. It is written for healthcare professionals, therapists, clergy, and all those who consider themselves aspirants to better physical, psychological, and spiritual health. If you wish to learn self-healing, this book will be a challenge. For as outlined here, self-healing means self-transformation. This is what you guys just heard me speak on, right? And anytime I'm speaking, just so you guys know, even though I've read this book, it's been, it's been about a year since I visited this book. And everything that I speak on before I start reading directly from a source always comes through me and to me as a channeled intuitive guidance. Um, I'm just making this as a little side note real quick before I pick back up. Whenever I am speaking, as I've, I even mentioned this in my last podcast, I speak with my eyes closed unless I'm reading like I am now um, and or like I was a second ago. And the reason why is because going through so many years of practicing meditation on a daily uh, on, as a daily practice, um, yoga primarily as a daily practice. And, and even just sitting in silence, which of course is, is a meditation, sometimes that silence would be completely, there would be no sound. I would just be sitting in the moment and feeling whatever came. A lot of times I practice this whenever I have less than happy feeling emotions or my environment feels a bit chaotic because I know that my environment is chaotic because I'm chaotic in some way, even unconsciously, because the universe is only going to put the the physical uh, tangibility of what is what my isness is based on the the vibration that I am sending out to the universe. So when I started my self transformation, I knew, like I mentioned in my podcast yesterday, that I got tired of my own shit, and you know I I realized that there had to be another way to get to where I knew I could be, and this is exactly where I started from. Just like I'd mentioned at the very beginning of this recording self-healing I knew was possible I had no clue how but I knew I knew that some way that I could apply that but you know if you try to apply that before you go through the self-transformation process then you're having to force it and the one thing that we know if you understand anything from the law of attraction or if you've gotten anything from the law of attraction you know that forcing does not bring about alignment we cannot control ourselves or force ourselves into an aligned aspect. We have to flow into it. We have to magnetize to it or magnetize it to us by being what it already is. So unless you're in that flow state, you're going to constantly either be repeating patterns or you're going to have to use and consume so much energy to to even somewhat experience it in the slightest that it becomes overwhelming it becomes a major task it doesn't become what it's meant to be energetically and it cannot come to full fruition that way either you cannot force something into being exactly what it's meant to be that's why we cannot if we try to in, in engage in willpower as the actual control of someone's will through the re uh through the um availability of gaining some power it never works out in our favor it doesn't work out in their favor either if someone's ever tried to control you by using your own will against you it doesn't feel very good and so the universe again like i've mentioned only responds to what is so if you're desiring to be healed and having a healed vessel which is just tornadoes of energy again this is just little little vortexes of energy 
that are vibrating at a specific frequency, which gives physical tangibility. So in order to align yourself to the bigger aspect of those vortexes, to the, to the, to the manifested aspects of those vortexes, we have to be what those vortexes already are. That's how we align with them. So let me keep going. Now, any illnesses, whether it be psychological or physical, will lead you on a journey of self-exploration and discovery that will completely change your life from the inside out. This book is a handbook for that journey, both in self-healing and in the healing of others. For professional healers in whatever discipline of the healthcare field that they practice, this is a reference book to be used throughout the course of years, and I can attest to that. For the student, it serves as a, textbook, a textbook to be used in classes with or under the supervision of an experienced healer. Now, I will make another side note. I started this as a student and then ended up becoming a teacher. And I did that through self-practice and self-discipline and self-transformation, but I had a lot of assistance along the way. Do not deny that you are going to need a mentor. Do not deny that you are going to need a guide, at least five. You should have top a top five, and I'm going to I'm going to be saying that a lot. You should have a top five. The reason why we hear the statement that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, it's because you have certain aspects and archetypal characteristics within the highest positive polarity that are already present. Your awareness not might not be fully within that aspect or that essence, but when you recognize it in another, that is you recognizing it within yourself. So keep that in mind. There are the, there are questions back to the book. There are questions at the end of each chapter, and I suggest that the student of healing answer them without looking back at the text. And I will also be uh, presenting these questions so that you guys can answer them and we can revisit them later. This means studying the text and doing the exercises that are included in the text. These exercises focus not only on healing and seeing techniques, but also on self-healing and self-discipline. They are focused on balancing your life and silencing the mind to broaden your perceptions. This book is not a substitute for classes in healing. Let me repeat that. This book is not a substitute for classes in healing. It should be used with a class or in preparation for classes in healing. That's exactly what I did. I used it for preparation. Do not underestimate the amount of work it takes to become proficient in perceiving the energy fields and learning to work with them. Again, I can attest to that. Uh, three years and I'm just now getting to where I feel like I have truly begun to master it. Um, even with having that certification almost a year ago, I'm just now to the point to where I feel like I have gotten to that self-mastery level, which encompasses all energy mastery. Okay, now, if, on the other hand, you have already begun to perceive beyond the normal sense of percept, or protect, I'm sorry, if you've begun to perceive beyond the normal sense, perceptual ranges, this book can be used as verification of those experiences. Although each person's experience is unique, there are general common experiences that people have when going through the processes of broadening their perceptions or opening their channel. And this is, again, when we talk about attuning to frequencies, what I was speaking on, these are different channels, just like on a radio station. So, and, 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 and we often call that channels or frequencies. That's, that's one and the same. These verifications will serve to encourage you along your way. No, you are not going crazy. 
<laughs> Others are also hearing noises from nowhere and seeing lights that aren't there. It is all part of the beginning of some very wonderful changes taking place in your life in a perhaps unusual but most natural way. There is abundant evidence that many human beings today are expanding the usual five senses into super sensory levels. Most people have high sense perceptions to some degree. This is why you will hear me speak about everybody is an empath, but most people are not attuned to the highest vibration of that essence of their being. But more and more are stepping into that. Most can develop these high sense perceptions much further with earnest dedication and study. It is possible that there is already a transformation in consciousness taking place and that more people are developing a new sense in which information is received on a different and possibly higher frequency. I did. So can you. This development in myself was a slow, very organic process that led me into new worlds and changed my personal reality almost entirely. And although this is her speaking from her book as I'm reading it, I can attest to the highest degree that it also speaks for me as well. And I'm sure for many others, if you have been on this journey and been dedicating yourself to this self-transformation for some time. This development in myself was a slow, very organic process that led me into new worlds and changed my personal reality almost entirely. Sorry, I repeated that. I believe that this process of developing high sense perception is a natural evolutionary step for the human race, leading us into the next stage of development, where, because of our newly gained abilities, we will have uh, to be deeply honest with others. And this is, again, side note, why I said that gaining the abilities before we do the self-work will never happen. And if you do gain the insight into being able to gain them within this lifetime, you are still going to have to go through the transformation, the processes and the healing before you receive it fully because your soul has to see that you're ready because you have to be able to be completely vulnerable to open your heart up without the fear of getting hurt because you understand that that hurt only comes from your perception of how those emotions are applied within. Okay, back to the book. Our feelings and private realities will no longer be hidden from others. They already are automatically communicated through our energy fields. As everyone learns to perceive this information, we will see and understand each other much more clearly than we do now. For example, you may already know when someone is very angry. That is easy. With high sensory perception, you will be able to see a red haze around the angry person to find out what is happening with him or her on a deeper level. It is possible to focus on the cause of the anger, not only in the present, but also on how it relates to childhood experience and how his or her relationship with his or her parents took place. Under the red haze will appear a gray, thick, fluid-like substance that conveys a heavy sadness. By focusing in on the essence of the gray substance, you will probably even be able to see the childhood scene that caused the deeply rooted pain. You will also see how that anger is harming the physical body. You will see that the person habitually reacts in anger to certain situations when perhaps crying is a more useful emotion to release in order to bring the situation to a solution. 
using high sensory perception or HSP, as I'm going to say from here on out, you will be able to find the words that will help that person let down, connect and refocus to the deeper reality and help him or her find a solution. In another situation, however, you may see that expression of anger is exactly what is needed to heal the situation. It's a very, very vital point right there, guys. Once we have come to this experience, nothing is ever again the same. Our lives begin to change in ways that we never expected. We understand the relationship between cause and effect. We see that our thoughts affect our energy fields, which in turn affect our bodies and our health. We then find that we can redirect our lives and our health. We find that we can create our own experience of reality through this field. The HEF is the medium through which our creations take place. It can then be the key to finding how we help create our reality and how we can change that reality if we so choose. It becomes the medium through which we find ways to reach inside to our deepest being. It becomes the bridge to our soul, to our inner private life, and to that spark of the divine within each of us. I want to encourage you to change your personal model of who you are as I lead you through the world of high sense perception and to the world of human energy field. That's the HEF. You will see how your actions and belief systems affect and help to create your reality for better and for worse. Once you see this, you realize that you have the power to change the things that you don't like and enhance the things that you do about your life that takes a lot of courage personal searching work and honesty it is not an easy path but is unquestionably a worth a worthwhile one this book will help show you that path not only through a new paradigm for your relationship to your health but also for your relationship to your entire life and the universe that you find yourself in Give yourself some regular private time to experience this new relationship. Allow yourself to be the light of the candle that lights the flame within the rest of the universe and expands into the rest of the universe. I have divided the book up into sections that focus primarily on an area of information about the HEF or the human energy field and its relationship to you. As you have been reading, this first section deals with the place of the auric field in your life. What does this phenomenon that has been described by mystics for so long have to do with you? Where does it fit in your life? Of what, if any, use is it to you? Case histories have shown how knowledge of this phenomenon can change the face of our reality. Jenny, for example, realized that she needed to take significant healing time for herself before she could bear children. Jenny took her health and her life into her own hands, where it always was anyways, and changed a possibly unpleasant future into the much happier one that she preferred. This kind of knowledge can lead us all into a better world. One of love, born out of deep understanding. One of sisterhood and brotherhood, where those considered enemies become friends because of that understanding. 
Part two deals more specifically with the energy field phenomenon. It describes the phenomenon from the place of, uh, from the point of view of history, theoretical science, and experimental science. After these are dealt with thoroughly, I then proceed to describe the HEF from my own view, which is a mixture of observation and theory combined with those conclusions of others found in the literature. From this information is developed a model of the HEF to use for both psychological work and spiritual healing work. Part 3 presents my findings on the relationship between the HEF and psychodynamics. Even though you may not have been interested in psychotherapy or personal process in the past, you will find this section very enlightening in terms of self-discovery. It will help you to understand not only what makes you tick, but also how you tick. This information is very useful to those who want to go beyond the normal bounds of psychology and body psychotherapy into broader views of us as human beings and our energetic and spiritual reality. These chapters give specific frames of reference for integrating the human energy field phenomena into practical psychodynamics. Drawings of HEF changes during the counseling process are presented. For those interested in self-discovery, this chapter will introduce you to a new realm where the reality of your energy field interactions in daily life will take on a new and deeper meaning. After you read the book, you can find practical ways to make use of energy field dynamics in your relationships with loved ones, children, and friends. It will help you understand more of what is going on in the office and interactions with those that you work with. Parts of this section are very technical, and the general reader may want to skip some of the material, which she lists as chapter 11, 12, and 13. You may want to go back when you have more specific questions about the functionings of the HEF. Part four of this book deals with the whole issue of increasing our perpetual, I'm sorry, our perceptual ranges. What that means on a personal level, on a practical level, and on the broader level in terms of changing the society we live in. I give clear explanations of the areas in which perceptions can be broadened, of the experience of that broadening in each area and how to do it. I also give a theoretical framework in which to place these experiences, in which to place these experiences and the broad scale implications for humankind as we as a group move into these changes. These changes not only affect us as individuals, but they change the entire fabric of human life as we know it. Okay, guys, before we get into like the meat and potatoes of the book, the one thing I do want to read is chapter three, and this is a note on training and the development of guidance. I wasn't going to add this in, but honestly, everything that she's mentioning in this is, is vital and it's so very important if you are desiring to even go into this aspect of healing to the smallest degree, you really do need to take note of what she's mentioning here. So, she starts and continues to state, I believe it is very important for the healer to have a lot of technical training, counseling, me counseling methods, anatomy, physiology, pathology, and massage technique, as well as some knowledge of acupuncture, homeopathy, and nutritional and herbal cures. Side note. All of the above, all of the aforementioned, are aspects that I have delved into over the last three years. 
I have not gotten into acupuncture um, in terms of practicing it, but I am very, very familiar with the energy grids in the body. This is something that I cannot understate. When you're speaking in terms of our main energy systems, our energetic grids, the minor and the major, are linked directly into our nervous system. Our nervous system is where we create and generate from in terms of everything that we perceive in our environment. So if you just simply gain the most basic understanding of how these energetic grids work, whether you're practicing acupuncture or you're practicing Reiki, which is just the energetic and long distance aspect minus placing the little acupuncture pins into those energetic grid points, you're, you're targeting them with your energetic essence, with your chi. So just mentioning that, um, or some people would say you're using your prana, but all of this is all connected back into our nervous system. Our nervous system is, you know, when we talk about the, the, the lifeblood of our body, we're not just speaking about the blood. The blood is energy. Energy is the blood cells. So everything that is connected within from the nerve cells, the, the nervous system cells, um, to the nervous system itself, these are rapidly firing, massively generating portions and, and parallels of healing. Okay. Okay, back to the book. I just wanted to put that little side note in there. I know I've put a lot of side notes in here, guys, but this is just coming from, I'm adding, I'm wanting to add in my own experiential understanding as I have made it to up until this point, because that's just giving you guys, you know, some parallels in conjunction with what I'm reading. And I hope that that also offers you, you know, not just a book, but someone that's also read the book, applied it and been, you know, using it in terms of their own healing and, and the healing of others. Okay, these other counseling methods are almost always combined with the laying on of hands, either by the healer or other healthcare professionals who are working on the case. The healer must have some knowledge of these methods to understand how they dovetail to make a healing a whole one and to be able to communicate with the other people involved in the case. Various other healthcare methods may be indicated through the channel of the healer. The healer will need to know anatomy and physiology to help interpret the information she is receiving. Side note, so true. <laughs> Back to the book. Above all, the healer should be able to work with other medical professionals to help a client heal him or herself. My training included a normal BS in physics and an MS degree in atmospheric physics from a state university. I did research with weather satellite instrumentation for NASA for five years. I completed, completed two years of training in bioengineering counseling, one year in massage therapy, two years of anatomy and physiology, two years of specialization in altered states of consciousness, specifically in deep relaxation techniques, one year of homeopathy, three years of core engine core engineering training five years of pathwork helpership training and several several years studying with various healers around the country both privately and in workshops i also practice working with people and their energy fields privately and in groups for more than 15 years since i was already a practice practicing counselor the means by which people could see me for healing was set up people just made appointments with me more and more people requested healing rather than therapy, and the counseling practice slowly became a healing practice. I finally had to leave the psychological counseling work 
to others who focused on that specifically, and I began to accept people only for healing. During these years, I was also involved in various experiments to measure the human energy field. Only after all that I did did I feel qualified to practice healing in New York City and began to teach classes and workshops myself. To become a healer is no easy task, just as it is no easy task to do anything well. One needs spiritual as well as technical training. One must go through self-initiated tests that challenge the weak parts of one's personality and develop one's creative focus, longing, and intent. The healer may experience these tests as coming from the outside, but in reality, that is not true. The healer creates them to see if he or she is ready and able to handle the energy, power, and clarity that he or she is developing in his or her own energy system as he or she grows as a healer. This energy and power must be used with integrity, honesty, and love. For cause and effect are always at work in every action. You always get back what you put out. That is what is called karma. As the energy flowing through you as a healer increases, so does your power. If you put any of this power to a negative use, you will eventually experience that same negativity coming back to you. As my life unfolded, the unseen hand that led me became more and more perceptible. At first, I vaguely sensed it. Then I began seeing spiritual beings as if in a vision. Then I began to hear them talking to me and feel them touch me. I now accept that I have a guide. I can see, hear, and feel him. He says that he, not male or female, he says that in his world there is no splitting along sexual lines and that beings at his level of existence are whole. He says that his name is Heowan, which means the wind whispering truth through the centuries. His introduction to me was slow and organic. The nature of our relationship grows daily as I am guided to new levels of understanding. You will see it build as we go through this adventure together. And at times I simply call it metaphor. Throughout this book, I will share with you some of the more obvious examples of guidance and its power. Here I want to show you its simplicity and the way it works. The simplest kind of guidance comes every day and many times a day in the form of discomfort. Heowan says that if we just listened to this guidance and followed it, we would rarely get sick. In other words, attending to the discomfort you feel puts you back into balance and therefore, ultimately, health. This discomfort can be in your body in physical form, like physical discomfort or pain. It could be on any level of your being, emotional, mental, or spiritual. It could be in any area of your life. Heowan asks, where is the discomfort in your body or life? How long have you known about it? What is it saying to you? And what have you done about it? If you answer those questions honestly, you will find how much you disregard the best tool you have to keep yourself healthy, happy, and wise. Any discomfort anywhere in your body is a direct message to you about how you are out of alignment with your true self. And this is also true for any discomfort in your life. Following guidance on this simple level means to rest when you are tired, to eat when you are hungry, and to eat what your body needs when it needs it. It means to take care of or change a life circumstance that bothers you. 
How well have you been able to structure your life so that you can do these things? Not so easy, is it? As you become more attentive to your personal needs by listening to internal messages that come to you in the form of discomfort, you will become more balanced and clear. This will bring more health to you. The practice of listening in will also bring on the phenomena of direct or verbal guidance. You may start receiving very simple verbal directives from an inner voice, a voice that you hear inside of yourself, but that you recognize as coming from beyond yourself. Side note, this is so true. Again, I cannot tell you. And that voice is always loving. That's one thing that I want you to know. I don't know if she's, I have a feeling she's probably going to mention this, but I want to state that anything that comes in the feeling of this loving, caring, grateful grace peace and balance-esque harmony um that type of talking inner talk or inner voice that's your intuition that is coming from beyond you that's coming from a guide or your higher self or your oversoul if it's constructive if it's destructive if it's fearful then it's your ego okay back to the book there are two important points about learning to follow guidance. The first is that you will need to practice receiving guidance for yourself before you are qualified to receive it for others. The second is that the information or directives that you get may be very simple and seem totally unimportant at first. So true. In fact, it may seem like a complete waste of time to follow any of it. I have come to realize that there is a reason for this. Later, when channeling important information about another person's life or specific information about illness, a professional channeler will get information that doesn't make any sense or seems irrelevant or just plain wrong. It may be, but most of the time, this is the rational mind at work. The information coming through a clear channel is often beyond what the rational mind of the channeler can understand. It is at those times when the channeler will need a lot of past experience to remember all of the other times the information didn't make sense when it came through. Yet later, the information turned out to be very helpful and understandable when all the information was in. I find now that during the hour spent healing and channeling, I will receive information in a non-linear way that slowly over the hour creates an understandable picture that gives more information than was possible in just a rational or linear mode. If you look, you will begin to recognize guidance throughout the greater pattern, patterns of your life. Why has one event followed another? And what have you used from each? It is no accident that I was first trained as a physicist, then a counselor, and then became a healer. All this training had prepared me for my life's work. The training in physics gave me a background structure with which to examine the aura. The counseling training gave me the background to understand the psychodynamics related to energy flow in the auric field, and also gave me an opportunity to observe the auric fields of many people. I would not have been able to bring this material together without those trainings. I certainly wasn't aware of training to be a healer when I was at NASA. I had never heard of such a thing, nor was I interested in illness. What I was interested in was the way the world worked. What made it tick? I looked everywhere for answers, and this thirst for understanding has been one of the most powerful agents guiding me throughout my life. So what is your thirst? You guys, what is your longing? What is your desire for this life? What is your big picture, imaginative, most 
abundant desire, and I'm talking about abundance in every aspect, not just money. Whatever it is, it will carry you to what you need to do next to accomplish your work, even if you don't know what that work is to you in this moment. When a thing is easily presented to you and it sounds wonderful to do and a great deal of fun, by all means, do it. Do it. Okay? This is the guidance. Let yourself flow free with the dance of your life. If you don't, you are blocking guidance and your progress. There are times when my guidance is more obvious than at other times. One particular time was so beautiful and profound that it has carried me through many a rough time since. We are all guided by spiritual teachers who speak to us in our dreams. Though our intuition through our intuition and eventually if we listen they speak to us directly perhaps through writing at first then through sound voice or concepts these teachers are full of love and respect for us there we go she's mentioning it now at some point along the way you too may be able to see them or directly communicate with them as i do this will change your life for you you will find that you are fully and completely loved as you are right now in this moment and you are deserving and worthy of this love. You deserve health. You deserve happiness. And you deserve fulfillment within your life. And you also have the ability to create it. You can learn step by step the processes to change your life and make it full. There are many paths to this fullness. Ask for guidance as to where you need to go or which path you need to follow. And thusly, you will be guided. Whether you have a life-threatening illness, a marital difficulty, a problem of the will, depression, or whether you are struggling with difficult situations in your chosen area of work, you can start changing that right now in this moment. You can realign yourself with your deepest longing and the greatest good you have to offer yourself and others. Just simply ask for help. Your requests will be answered. Now, chapter three review before I go into the next chapter and then I'm, the next chapter is going to be as quick as I can make it and then I will wrap this up. And I, by the way, before I get into the review and the food for thought, I hope you guys are enjoying this. I hope that what she is speaking on is providing you with a little bit of deeper insight and resonance and understanding as it has done for me. And the next chapter is where we're really going to start getting into the meat and potatoes of this book. Okay. Okay. Chapter three review. And you can write these down and answer them yourself if you'd like. I think that is the most helpful and most productive way, especially if you're truly seeking to elevate your consciousness and your own personal healing. Number one, what kind of technical training does a healer need and why? What is the simplest form of guidance in your life? Now, food for thought. What are some of the more profound experiences of guidance in your life? And what effect did they have on your life? How well are you able to follow your guidance? And do you consciously listen for or ask for guidance for yourself? And if so, how often? Okay, that was part one. This is part two. The human aura. Miracles do not happen in contradiction to nature, but only in contradiction to that which is known to us in nature. St. Augustine. Introduction, the personal experience. 
As we allow ourselves to develop new sensitivities, we begin to see the whole world quite differently. We begin to pay more attention to aspects of experience that might have seemed peripheral before. We find ourselves using new language to communicate our new experiences. Terms like bad vibes or the energy there was great are becoming household phrases. We start noticing and giving more credence to experiences like meeting someone and instantly liking or disliking him or her without knowing anything about them. We like his or her vibes. We can tell when someone is staring at us and we we look up to see who it is. We may have a feeling that something is going to happen and then guess what? It does. We begin to listen to our intuition. We know things without knowing how we know them. But we don't always pay attention to this knowing. That is also changing. We sense that a friend is feeling a certain way or is in need of something. And when we reach out to fulfill that need, we find that we are right. Sometimes during an argument with someone, we may feel as if something is being pulled out of our solar plexus. Or we may feel stabbed. We may feel as if we have been punched in the stomach. Or it may feel like someone is pouring thick, gooey molasses on us, getting very weighed down and very heavy in this energy. On the other hand, we sometimes feel surrounded by love, caressed by it, actually, and bathed in the sea of sweetness, bathed in a sea of blessings and of light. All of these experiences have a reality in the energetic field. Our old world of solid Concrete objects is surrounded by and permeated with the fluid world of radiating energy, constantly moving, constantly changing, just like the sea. In my observations throughout the years, I have seen the counterparts of these experiences as forms within the human aura, which consists of the observable and very measurable components of the energy field. And these surround and interpenetrate the body. When someone has been shafted by a lover, the shaft is literally visible to the clairvoyant. When you feel as if something is being pulled out of your solar plexus, it usually is. It can be seen by the clairvoyant. I can see it. So can you, eventually, if you follow your intuition and develop your senses. It helps in the development of this higher sense perception to consider what modern scientists have already learned about the world of dynamic energy fields. It helps us to remove blocks from our brains that keep us from seeing that we too are subject to all the universal laws. Modern science tells us that the human organism is not just a physical structure made of molecules, but that like everything else, we are also composed of energy fields. We are moving out of the world of static, solid form into a world of dynamic energy fields. We too ebb and flow like the sea. We too are constantly changing. So how do we as human beings deal with such information? Well, we adapt to it. If such reality exists, we want to experience it. That's why we're here, right guys? And scientists are learning to measure these subtle changes. They're developing instruments to detect these energetic fields related to our bodies and to measure their frequencies. They measure electrical currents from the heart with the electrocardiogram, the ECG. They measure electrical currents from the brain with the EEG. The lie detector measures the electropotential of the skin. 
They can now even measure electromagnetic fields around the body with a sensitive device called the SQUID, or the Superconducting Quantum Interference Device. This device does not even touch the body when measuring the magnetic fields around it. Dr. Samuel Williamson of New York University states that the SQUID offers more information about the state of brain functioning than a normal EEG. As medicine relies more and more upon these sophisticated instruments that measure impulses from the body, health and disease, even life itself, are slowly being redefined in terms of energy impulses and patterns. As early as 1939, Drs. H. Burr and F. Northrop at Yale University found that by measuring the energy field of a plant seed, which they termed the ill or the life field, they could tell how healthy the plant grown from that seed would be. They found that by measuring the field of a frog's eggs, they could discern the function location of the frog's, I'm sorry, the future location of the frog's nervous system. Another such measurement pinpointed the time of ovulation in women, suggesting a new birth control method. In 1959, Dr. Leonard Ravitz, Ravitz, not exactly sure how to say that, so I apologize, at William and Mary University showed that the human energy field fluctuates with a person's mental and psychological stability. He suggested that there is an energy field associated with the thought processes. He suggested that variation of this thought field caused psychosomatic symptoms, which we now know, you know, side note, we now know that this worldwide today is, uh, you know, if you're talking about your, um, your, um, um, autonomic regulation and autonomic dysregulation, which are tied directly into, um, your psychosomatic and your, you know, your, uh, your nervous system. So, okay, back to the book. Sorry, guys. Um, in 1979, another scientist, Dr. Robert Becker of Upstate Medical School, Syracuse, New York, mapped a complex electrical field on the body, which is shaped like the body in the central nervous system. He named this field the direct current control system and found that it changes shape and strength with physiological and psychological changes. He also found particles moving through this field that are the size of electrons. Now, what I was, what I was, and sorry, I had to, I actually had to pause the recording for a second because somebody stopped by. Um, what I was saying is that we know now with the nervous system and the autonomic, with the regulation and the dysregulation, that this comes from the state that these uh, these these nervous system genes um, are in. How they are firing? Are they are they firing and generating um, energy from a clean energy system? Or are they recycling energy from a more chaotic and more weighed down energy system? Because, you know, we're talking about the law of manif- uh, the law of attraction. We're talking about manifestation. We can't create something when it's already created. I mean, we, 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 we speak about creating wealth, but what we're generally, what we're actually doing is we're generating wealth. We generate wealth by aligning to that frequency. And that's what this is kind of getting into right here when they're talking about the direct current control system and how these, these physiological and psychological changes, they, they literally are in direct 
alignment with how we perceive these changes to be in our environment because this is what creates or generates the energy that is then created in terms of our um, physical um, tangibility how we perceive it within our reality okay back to the book you guys and i might mispronounce this next name if i do <laughs> i'm sorry it is a russian name so i apologize if i do state this wrong um you guys feel please feel free to offer the correct the correct pronunciation dr victor inushin at Kazakh University in Russia has done extensive research with the human energy field since the 1950s. Using the results of these experiments, he suggests the existence of a bioplasmic energy field composed of ions, free protons, and free electrons. Since this is a state distinct from the four known states of matter, solids, liquids, solids, liquids gases, and plasma, Inushin suggests that the bioplasmic energy field is a fifth state of matter. And side note, what I would say that this directly links to is the ether. That's what I that's what I know or what I am presented with as I'm reading this from my own guides. They're echoing it as ether. And that's I think what we have come to realize as being ether. Um and the plasma state, you know, because all of these others we can perceive that in a physical way uh, within our own dimension and density. And as we get into a more light based or light, higher light quotient existence, we are going to start being able to interconnect with this ether uh, a bit more easily. Um, that's why now everybody has the availability to access their own Akashic records. And this is a constantly shifting uh, library of energy. And it always changes based on where our awareness is at and where we are desiring to go. Okay. Using the results of these experiments, he, okay, I already read that. Inishin suggests that the bioplasmic energy field is a fifth state of matter. His observations showed the bioplasmic particles are constantly renewed by chemical processes in the cells or, and are in constant motion. There appears to be a balance of positive and negative particles within the, particles within the bioplasma that is relatively stable. If there is a severe shift in this balance, the health of the organism is affected. In spite of the normal stability of the bioplasma, Inushin has found that a significant amount of this energy is radiated into space. You guys keep that in mind because that is a direct correlation to how you're receiving your own environment. Clouds of bioplasmic particles, which have broken away from the organism, can be measured moving through the air. When you guys hear Abraham Hicks talk about beaming your desires up, that rocket of desire. Now you guys can kind of have a little scientific idea of what that means. Thus, we have been plugged into a world of life energy fields, thought fields and bioplasmic forms moving about and streaming off the body. We have become vibrating, radiating bioplasma itself. But if we look into the literature, this is not new. People have known about this phenomenon since the, since the dawning of time. It is just that in our time, the phenomenon is being rediscovered. 
It was either unknown or rejected by the Western general public for a time, during which scientists concentrated on our knowledge of the physical world. As this knowledge has developed, and Newtonian physics gave way to relativity, electromagnetic and particle theories, we are more and more able to see the connections between scientific objective descriptions of our world and the world of subjective human experience. All right, guys. Now, I'm going to leave it right there for now. I hope you guys uh, don't mind my side notes that I put in there. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to this. I know it was a bit long. However, it I just this is so important right now. And I feel so called to, you know, plant these seeds of knowledge, whether they're coming from another uh, source or whether it's coming uh, as a reverberation through me. Because all of this, as she stated, is it's always been known. This information is has never gone anywhere. It's always been present. It's just our awareness of it was shifted away from it for some time because it had to be. We had to grow and experience a further distortion from the truth, the truth of our beingness, the truth of our isness, and how we exist within that isness in this experiential understanding. All right, you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and hop off here. I truly hope that you guys have enjoyed this. I will definitely get back on here and read some more from this book because I feel like it is just a fantastic, just a just a total wealth of knowledge here. And it's applicable knowledge. And it's it's something that even if you don't understand all of the terminology in depth, that's okay. Your subconscious mind is absorbing all of this and it understands it even unconsciously. So the more that you're able to digest this information, even in a way that you might not completely understand at this time, it will come back up and you will be able to gain a more philosophical understanding of it through your own experience before you even realize it. Okay. All right, you guys, I love you all sending you the highest vibration of love light as always. Namaste and Adonai Vasu Baragas.